0: Hey, Phil, uh, I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. You can't talk about hurting other players. You don't think? You don't, you don't think? But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. What well, are you go to hell. No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner at Bobby Skinner NFL. Here with my co-host, Danny King at Danny King NFL. And Danny, we have seen all of our rookies on the field. Daniel Jones is dropping dimes on the Giants Twitter page, which makes feel mad. How are you feeling, though? How are you feeling after rookie camp? I mean, anything that, like, sticks out in your mind from it or, or anything
1: uh well to comment on that daniel jones hype video i've oh, I'm sorry i've only seen people talk about how they only showed uh his dump offs to his wide receivers and tight ends and check downs i'm like just just shut up and enjoy the video please <laughs>
0: it's like it's the social media person that isn't yeah. pat schirmer like all right cut these plays up yeah it's like it's just a dumb social media person that yeah like what are they gonna say like daniel jones with the routine and the QB plays <laughs> that are expected to be made at every yeah. single time. Yeah, it's like, like, this, com- it's like why com- do we have to hate on everything?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like Tom Brady does checkdowns and he's like a six-time Super Bowl champion. So uh, I'll take that. I, no, but uh, rookie camp, I, I liked it. I liked all the interviews. Daniel Jones, I feel like handled the media very well along with all the other guys. But I honestly thought I was listening to Eli Manning when he was doing his interview. The arms, the almost, uh, everything was Eli. Yeah, someone
0: pointed out the Owens. Oh, that was a good video. Uh, I will say, I guess that's kind of like where the stuff comes from. Is, like, obviously, like yeah, DeAndre Baker had uh, what we heard is a good camp. The only like really interesting thing to me was Julian Love like playing safety. Uh, but it, uh, let's talk about the 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 press. You know, the talking to the media. Now, there's one thing that makes him different from Eli, which Eli like, I think might has a little bit of this in him, Daniel Jones. Is confirmed to have Mamba mentality. He was asked why he chose number eight. He said, "Old Kobe, not the new Kobe." So Daniel Jones, I mean, he's he's a Kobe guy. I, I always say those are like the craziest people on earth, and Daniel Jones is one of those guys. So I'm not gonna hate on it.
1: No, yeah. If, I mean, if he does <laughs> keep that number, I I obviously already bought his jersey, so I'll be wearing that Kobe Bryant slash Daniel Jones jersey. So I'm looking forward to that, but. To DeAndre Baker, yeah, it sounds like he was one of the most impressive guys out of minicamp. He, as I said, his, and I think you said it as well, but I remember saying his size, even though he's a small guy, he's a physical corner and he's not afraid to get up in your face. That's why I love Baker. And with the whole Julian Love playing safety, I was very intrigued by that because I thought that would be a... Corey ballantyne spot but obviously he wasn't with the team this week so we don't know what's going to happen there but and obviously our safety position set right now but antoine buffea is not our long-term answer so they got to find the correct guy i'm just hoping julian love if we move him to free safety he won't become like the curtis riley because he transitioned the free safety last year and he was terrible but i that's not fair comparing julian love to curtis riley that's just unfair on my part yeah. Well, Curtis Riley hates Giants fans. Remember, he,
0: Remember when he was spouting off on Twitter on Giants fans? Which I didn't blame him. But anyways, um, with Julian, Corner, I, I've always said cornerback and wide receiver are for me like the hardest positions to judge. Actually, maybe wide receivers is not as hard. But corner, it's like it's just really hard to judge unless a guy's really good or really bad. J Baker, really good. So it's kind of easy to judge the way he collapsed on, on a guy. But, you know, it's tight coverage. But like those middle of the road corners, is hard to judge. Um, and I like Julian Love, but, you know, it is kind of hard to judge him, especially because he ran that four five three forty. But I have been a firm believer, like, yes, maybe he can play safety, but I think his best spot is corner. Now, we are loaded at corner uh, with, you know, Grant Haley and Sam Beal and uh, obviously Corey Ballantyne, who's, you know, set to come back here uh, not too long from now. But uh, I guess we do have to, you know, worry about, you know, safety long term. But I, I just like Julian Love. I want to see him play corner. That being said, if he's really good at safety, I'm not going to complain about that either. Uh, Who's who some guys who went from corner to safety that are really good? Malcolm Jenkins is one. And hey, Malcolm, didn't Kenny Vicar? No, no, sorry, Kenny Vicar played safety at Texas. Well, Malcolm the- Jenkins is the that, that was the same class. That's why I I, I thought of Kenny Vicar. Um, Malcolm Jenkins is really the bi- only big one. Obviously, you know Charles Woodson later in his career. But I'm trying to think of guys who went from corner college to NFL safety. I guess Malcolm Jenkins is the one that sticks out on me. If I'm missing somebody, tweet at me. Unless you got it,
1: Danny. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the only one I can think about is Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I mean, if you want to say anything, ah, not. I mean, you could say Michael Thomas. He went from safety to corner, then cornerback to safety. But obviously, yeah, Mike Michael, uh, not Michael Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins is the biggest one and probably the most successful one to have happened. That's popping out to me right now. Yeah,
0: if I'm missing somebody, tweet at me. Uh, oh, and then the the backup to the number thing. I, I might not, I should actually know. I'm I'm not saying this idea out loud because someone's gonna steal it because it's such a freaking good idea. All I'm saying is for for Daniel Jones touchdowns, I might have a little soundtrack to go with it. Um, okay. Not a soundtrack, just kind of a word, which I'm pretty much giving it away. Anyways, huh. yeah. So any other stuff from rookie camp? I mean, you know, Dexter. Long, the questions are just. Give me like the one question that Daniel Jones was talking about like the media pressure, blah blah. Like I translate, I did like some like yeah question, trans- question and answer translations on Twitter. And for that one, it was like, hey, my job is really important, uh, and I can I can decide whether you have a successful or failed career. What do you think about that? Like that's the guy that was talking about like the pressure of the media. <laughs> and you could tell that was the only one where Daniel Jones kind of like giggled, like what, like what are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, um, and. Let's see what else. Dexter Lawrence. Someone's like, "Who? Like, who are you?"
1: Yeah, and like, <laughs> That's are hilarious. You? And,
0: I, and I was like, "I was like, man, just say I'm that dude." The next question. DeAndre Baker's swag has uh, been portraying himself. It's a confidence. It's not a. It's not a swagger. It's a confidence. He says. Uh, so I like that. Uh, oh, and then O'Shane Ximenez, who is like mainly a pass rusher. I think it was Kim Jones that might have asked it. It's like, is there any plays in there? Um, that you really think will work well for your, like, your thing? It's like, yeah, uh, the one where you, like, run at the quarterback when he's passing, yeah, that's, that's probably the – like, that's what he should have said. Like, yeah, there's this play where I rush off the edge. Like, that's a good play. I, I, I really like that play.
1: No, yeah. Uh, as you see that Dexter Lawrence question, I was like, <laughs> I was like, come on, why, why are you gonna ask that question? Like, I get they're trying to make like, be like, who are you? Like, like explain yourself to this new media. But that just it came off kind of like, yeah, who are you? Why were you the seventeenth overall pick? And <laughs> yeah. I just, because it's
0: yeah. like, you don't pass Russ, so what do you, What are you <coughs> good for, man?
1: No, yeah. And as I uh, I love DeAndre Baker. Just the way he portrays himself, I, I love it. That's why I was happy with that pick. Shannon Ziminez, he just seems like a guy that's happy to be here. But from what I've read, uh, Darius Slate had really struggled early on in the practices. He found his groove later on, but it sounds like he did struggle on some passes that he should have caught that Daniel Jones like pretty much just with like dimes to him. Hopefully he can fix that issue, but uh doesn't seem... Like team, the people are that concerned about it yet.
0: Yeah, that actually is going to bring me to my next point. There's one thing I wanted to go back to. If somehow I ever got like those credentials to go do that, and maybe this is frowned upon, and I get my credentials moved after one day, but I would I, like the kind of questions I'd like to ask would be like, "Hey, Daniel Jones, do you ever just like look at Twitter? I'm like, like not your mentions, Daniel, but like do you just scroll and be like, oh, Coach Clark have had a uh, cheeseburger for lunch.' Like, do you do you ever look at that stuff? And I actually did a little homework. He does not. Um, because, you know, obviously he had the, the advertisement tweets on draft night, which you know, make that money, Danny. Um, and, but I was like, how am I going to find out if this guy actually looks at Twitter? Cause I tag him with some stuff and you know, the way I talk about him, we should be best friends by now. <laughs> and so I went, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look at some of the second day draft guys and see if Daniel Jones follows them. Because we saw, we had that New York post piece, which we could talk about a little later where, you know, guys, a great teammate and he doesn't follow them which I've concluded that Daniel Jones does not go on Twitter at all. And so that kind of makes me a little sad. So I'll have to find out someone else to become Daniel Jones' best friend.
1: No, yeah, you're right. Uh, he he said, uh, when asked, he said, obviously, he saw all the, the people questioning him, and it's more like, how can you not? But uh, as you said, yeah, he, he's not really a big social media guy. He only wanted to get the money. I'm looking at it. He, yeah, he doesn't follow anyone on uh, Instagram either. But something I just found funny that, obviously, this doesn't mean anything, but going to cause some drama, it, not really as well. But Saquon Barkley does not follow Daniel Jones on Instagram, so stir up the drama. He hates Daniel Jones. That's just confirmed right there.
0: Yeah, that actually does bother me a little bit. Um, that okay, so we're talking about teammates right now, so that's a good transition. Did you read that New York Post piece where his teammates kind of comment on him? I I, po- I like posted a little like some snippets of it where like he they, like he's super funny. Like, he coats kicking and screaming, which is a great movie. Um, and then you know his here. Here's what I gained from it. And Coach Cutcliffe did this on Sirius XM and, and Will Kane's show. Um, and then the players did it. I've never seen a team just be like, oh, we suck. Like, when has it, <laughs> like, every, like, Coach Cutcliffe all but said it. The players said it, like, yeah, like, we kind of let them down a lot of times. And they're like, he's really good. Like, I'm telling you, like, he's really good. We just, we're a really bad football team. Like, I, I've never seen anything like that before
1: no yeah you're right i read uh, stip, uh pieces of the article i want to go read the whole thing and it sounds like people had nice things to say about him from what the parts i've seen but uh you're right yeah like these guys they, they were not afraid to let you know that they were bad and david cutcliffe was like yeah we, we're a terrible football team and i mean let's be real he's not wrong we see the players they brought into duke we've watched every tape of his 2018 especially you and uh he. we Players are dropping passes left and right. Bad pass protections. It was just terrible. It was just hard to watch. I was like, man, he really chose to go there and just like put himself through that whole situation. I <laughs> know.
0: Yeah. Um, and by the way, you mentioned that you know we've watched you know all the throws. I've seen some people that are like shaming like people for not watching all the film before the uh, before the draft. And they're like, oh well, like people were kind of like, insinuating. And some people don't at people, which is fine, I guess, because, you know, not everyone's a jerk like me. And it's <laughs> like when I'm mad at somebody, I say anything, but like uh, uh, some people uh, said they didn't, they didn't watch the tape beforehand and now they're all for him. Like pretty much saying like, oh, because I'm, because he's now my quarterback, I'm watching the tape and saying like, oh, he's, he's the guy. And that's just not true because like me, me and you were pretty much the same Danny where you know, we saw some stuff at the Senior Bowl, but, you know, we don't put too much into that. And then we hadn't, like, sat down and watched them because when we, we did a quarterback episode, like, either episode one or two. And we, we did Haskins, Kyler, and I think we did a little bit on Locke. And I think you did, like, a little bit on Jones from the Senior Bowl. But I didn't look at anything from Jones. You know, you see the highlights on TV, and you hear the analysts talking about him. And then, you know, we were doing, like, six to eight guys from each position in our preview. And so, like, when we did our QBs, like, yeah, I would have loved to watch every single throw before the draft. And then, you know, next year, even though we're not going to draft a quarterback next year, I'm going to, to avoid this. But, like, we watched them and we're like, wow, like, where's like where's this this thing coming from? Where's this thing coming from? Because, you know, we watched, I don't know, I know you watched Clems- the Clemson game. I watched the Temple game beforehand. And, like, the Temple game threw a lot of touchdowns, but there was, like, a couple of big mistakes in there. And then the Clemson game, he got, you know, really beat up. But the. Like he looked like a good quarterback. He didn't look like a, an amazing quarterback in either of those games. But he looked like an NFL guy. Um, so, like, I just don't like that people are like, like, just saying like, oh, because you didn't watch it four months beforehand. Like you, you're just biased and, and you're ignoring stuff. Like I've pointed out the bad in every single game. So I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm kind of frustrated. And screw you, whoever that. That says, oh, one team wanted to work out as a tight end." I was like, "Yeah, oh yeah." Is that coming out two weeks after the draft? That's when that's coming out. That you're telling me that doesn't come out during the combine? Get get out of here with that crap! Like, I'm just gonna start doing stuff that sounds like it could be true, but can be proven wrong. I'm gonna be because okay, I'm I'm gonna pump up the Giants. I'm gonna say, uh, "Did the Rams keep?" If, let's just say the Rams kept a 31 pick. I can't remember if they did or not. I'm gonna be like, "The Giants had to trade it for DeAndre Baker." The Rams. We're getting ready to tr- pick him at 31. They knew him. That's why they traded up. And at 32, they were going to take the next. Like, like I'm just going to start making stuff up that can't be disproven.
1: No, yeah, that uh, Daniel Jones, that's a tight end thing. Yeah, there's, no one, no way he would even want to move to tight end. And, two, he, I mean, yeah, he's tall. But, like, the guy is, like, more of a quarterback build. He's not a tight end build. He would get – he wouldn't – I mean, yeah, he could take big hits, but he wouldn't be able to take that every single Sunday. It's and. Just- to I just point. don't believe it, you know? And
0: even if a team did, it's like, then it's probably just them being jerks.
1: Like,
0: I just don't, there's no way a serious team was like, oh, I, I, I want to see what this guy can do at tight end. Get out of here with that crap. Oh,
1: yeah, and if you thought be.
0: you could get him as a tight end, like you thought, what, is he going to fall to the seventh round? Stupid. Just shut up. So dumb.
1: Pissed hey, hey, me off. She right. pissed me
0: off real good today. I didn't even want to freaking address it. But it's just so stupid. What a stupid thing to say. <laughs> like, that. one, it's either not true and, like, like, how, you're telling me something like that doesn't come out before the draft? It comes out two weeks later? You're not telling me that this Jets reporter didn't just have somebody, like, just talking trash into his ear and he heard the right thing? Like, it's, it's so dumb, dude. Like, I bet you somebody, if, if, if it wasn't completely made up, it was somebody like, huh, we wanted him, the guy has a tight end. Like, just being, like, sarcastic. <laughs> just get out of here with that stupid crap.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. And uh, I also got two things there here too. And one, the reason why I, I didn't watch any of Daniel Jones tape before the main or all of it before a draft is because I didn't suspect him to be a New York Giant. I was me like, either. <laughs> I didn't
0: think it was gonna happen. That's why I watched way more Dwayne Haskins <laughs> than I did.
1: I was preparing myself like Dwayne Haskins had dinner with Eli Manning. He's talking himself into becoming a Giant. He's wearing New York Giants gear. I was like, he's gonna become a New York Giant. Daniel Jones, he's not gonna become a Giant. So I was like, I don't need. I'm not gonna waste my precious time. To watch Daniel Jones, and then after the draft, like I have to now, I'm gonna watch every single Daniel Jones throw. And to the whole uh, Daniel Jones tight end thing, and coming that should have came out the combine if that was even true. Like Tracy McSorley, he was asked to work out uh, the Penn State quarterback or now Ravens quarterback was asked to work out, I believe, as a running back or something, maybe a corner, and he said no. That was at the combine, so that's something I believe because it came from at the Combine, and I could see a team asking him to work out there, but just coming out, like, a week, two weeks after the draft, like, come on. You're just trying to make a story now just to make the Giants and just the decision look even more stupid. Yeah, anyways,
0: and, yeah, like you said, like, I, and I went and looked back. From my I did, like, a Twitter search of my name and tweet, and just Daniel Jones, and, like, one was, like, I do not believe this report that – the Giants uh, have to, I just didn't believe it. Like we, I think we probably, I'm sure we talked about that on the show. Um, But, and then, so I, I put out a tweet just to be like, you know what? Like I did, I'm not pretending that I watched everything before the draft because I never did pretend like that. And I saw a joke I made like maybe like a month before the draft. I was like, y'all really comparing Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford? Like why are you disrespecting Matthew Stafford? Like, (laughs) Like, it was just, it was just like a dumb joke before I had even watched Jones at all. And I was just listening to the people on the radio and TV who were just like, he sucks. He sucks. Because it was just kind of like an easy, like, everyone just kind of repeated themselves. And that's, like, the proof right there. Like, I didn't watch them. And I just kind of repeated what I had heard. Um, just, like, that's why that's why we got Mythbusters. We're the Mythbusters the podcast. Um, yes, where was that rant going? No, I, ha- I, have a, I have a finish to that. Oh, I just said, I was like, before I had watched Andy Jones, he sucks. After watching Clemson, Temple, and UNC, uh, not casually, but like not as like intent like oh let me let's watch this throw again just kind of going through it and watching each throw i'm like ah eh, he's not he's not what people make him out to be he's actually pretty decent and then it's like watching every game full bloom in love so it's very clear where how the progression happened for me so like people are saying like i'm just a homer for for you know picking from him after it's like no i just i and i got i got killed for that the friday after the draft. you remember i had to go pull the audio people were like you don't really believe that uh, he's, he's good. I'm like I'll pull the audio from the podcast before the episode when I when I thought there was like maybe a five percent chance of picking Jones and I, I just didn't believe it. so yeah I, and Matt Lombardo on the list because he's mockingly he mockingly reported like every incompletion that Jones had uh, at minicamp on Friday and just like like great throw in the pocket uh, blah, 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 like when there's nobody rushing him like like you want to do that Matt Lombardo you're on the list, anyways. Um, all right, so we got a new kicker, Joe Sly, who kicked 68 uh, percent comp- uh, at Virginia Tech in 2017. Didn't kick last year. At first, when I saw oh, we signed a kicker, I was like, okay, yeah, bring in some you know competition, you know, keep uh, a little motivation for Aldrick Roseau. And then now it's like, well, why did we bring Joe Sly in? Like he he wasn't ever really any good.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I think. Because uh, yes, to keep Rosas not to keep him comfortable, and because for a a couple games last year Rosas was dealing with I believe either a uh, quad, hamstring, or groin injury. Obviously, it really did affect him kicking because he was one of the best kickers in the league last year. But just in case something like that happens, they don't have to risk injuring Rosas in case it's something more severe. Like, he, like, maybe he pulls his hamstring and, like, he can't even kick. They don't want to trot him out there. They can put in Joe Sly. He'll probably make it as maybe a practice squad guy, I believe. I don't expect him to carry two kickers at the same time on the 53-man roster. But, as you said, it's mainly probably competition and just, like, with, like, a safety cushion in case something goes wrong at kicker. Yeah,
0: we also brought in the Rutgers punter, Ryan Anderson, which I watched a little bit on him. I'm not going to sit here and say I watched every punt. Um, but, and it was a Sunday I was at the beach, but I was like, you know, what, let me, let me watch a little punter tape. Uh, he's pretty freaking good. Now I watched the first like two minutes of his highlight tape. So maybe that's just the best stuff out of there. And then it's just Shank city after that. <laughs> but I think he'll be good competition for Riley Dixon. I don't see why he couldn't beat him up or beat him out not beat him up. Don't beat Riley <laughs> Dixon. Ryan Anderson. Um, Riley Dixon is a good punter, but like, I, I really like Ryan Anderson's punch. He, you know, could put him in the corner, cough coffin corner stuff. Uh, by the way, that reminds me, I put out a tweet like a few weeks ago, and it's like everyone watching Game of Thrones going to sleep on a Sunday night, and it's like me at 1 o'clock in the morning, like watching Jeff Fiegel's like retirement speech. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm a freaking, something's wrong with me. All oh, right. and I was thinking about doing that with Zach on Soul Man and with you. Do, you. do you watch Game of Thrones?
1: Uh, I watched literally the Battle of Renfell. That's literally all I watched because everyone was hyping it up. I literally asked on Twitter. Uh, I was like, what did this person do? Cause like, she's literally trending everywhere and I just want to know what happened.
0: Okay. Cause Zach watched it pretty intensely, intently. And every other, like, like the Bill Simmons podcast does it. I, like every single podcast does it. And I wanted to like have someone try and explain to me that can compare it to players. So <laughs> I guess, I guess that's going to be, have to be a Simple Man radio. Cause you're pretty much in the same boat as me. Um, all right. Here's before we go into the questions. This is the question I had because Darius Slayton is somebody who intrigues me, the wide receiver out of Auburn. Now, if we only carry five wide receivers, and it's very it's very possible that we would carry six, that would leave either Russell Shepard, Corey Coleman, Cody Latimer, or Darius Slayton out. And if I I asked, I was like, hey, like who would you who are you leaving out of this? And Russell Shepard got 53 percent of the votes. Darius Slaton got 15. Corey Coleman got 14, and Cody Latimer got 12 percent. So most people would like to keep Cody Latimer on the field, or maybe you know sometimes you know those maybe it's like more. I should have asked who do you, like who with what three like combo of three guys did you want to keep. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, but Cody Latimer and I, I I have like a personal bias to Cody Latimer because we had him on Simple Man last year. Um, I feel like that would be easy for me because he's had injury problems. Like, yeah, he had a decent game against Dallas at the end of the season, but he never really did anything in Denver with Peyton. Um, And that's what, you know, he was drafted in the second round to, you know, be a good piece for Peyton. Never really did anything there. Um, Last year he was banged up, and he had some good plays, but he wasn't, like, a world beater. And then, like, Russell Shepard has proven to be solid. Um, And, like, there's that connection from, like, the Odell throw and people missing Odell, like, want to keep him. And Corey Coleman, like, he has a lot of potential. Like, he's a first round pick just a couple years ago. And then Darius Slayton, like, I've been a firm believer of throwing him out on the field five to 10 times a game. So for me, it'd be Cody Latimer. Um, for everyone else, it was uh, Russell Shepard. Who would it be for you, Dan?
1: Yeah, no, it would have to be Cody Latimer for me. And because as you said, Russell Shepard proved he could go out there and be a quality starter. When Odell uh, went down, uh, when we had the for of our wide receiver cores, him and Corey Coleman made huge contributions to that team. I I, I was at two examples. I was at the Bears game. Uh, when Odell threw the touchdown to Russell Shepard, Russell Shepard was not supposed. Well, Odell was in that game, but he, he here's a play he made. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be there. He was supposed to be somewhere else, but he took it in his own initiative. Knew that this was the place he should go because he knew Odell, and he went there. And obviously, Odell saw him. He was just sitting there, wide open, and Odell threw him in for the touchdown. And then another example of Russell Shepard's uh, usefulness is on special teams and in the same game, the Chicago Bears game. The Giants, uh, Riley Dixon had that beautiful punt going towards the end zone and bounced in. Russell Shepard dove in and then was able to save the ball from touching the end zone and they got the Bears down at like the two or the three yard line. And he's just also a great gunner on special teams. So for me, it was, I, it has to be Corey Latimer because he's got the most approved right now coming off that torn uh, hamstring. Yes, he showed uh, toward at, in that Dallas game he could be a quality ro- wide receiver. But they're not going to get rid of Darius Slater because they used a draft pick on him. Uh, Corey Coleman, he's basically like a, a freebie. You could see if he has anything for really not too much of a cost. Yes, I think he, he has a, a high uh, restricted free agent contract, but he's a very good player. The only reason why it looked bad was because in that uh, Hard Knocks interview, he uh, Hard Knocks segment, I should say, he was with that terrible coach Hugh Jackson who really didn't believe in him, and I was never a fan of Hugh Jackson, that he ba- bounced around from team to team, but then he finally found his home in New York. So you're so, not a fan of Hugh Jackson, Danny? No, I'm not. I I watched uh, Hard Knocks, and I absolutely hated Hugh Jackson. I I was so bothered watching that. Oh, and uh, also, before I finish that thought, it sounds like the Giants will not be on Hard Knocks. No no surprise, but it sounds like they're not going to be the team. So there's that little fun news right there. But yes, I think it's going to be Cody Latimer, if any of those guys. Or even, you have to see, because Reggie White's now an option on there. Who knows what they're going to do with him? So it's going to be interesting heading into training camp, seeing who gets the, the boot and who doesn't.
0: Yeah, and and we'll talk about Reggie White in a little bit. Like he's he's a pretty decent piece. All right, let's before we go talk about the undrafted free agents on the offensive side. We got mailbag, Danny. Pull out the mail.
1: All right, I we gotta got to do th-
0: like a like a little thing to that. Like actually, we could just do what we do on Slowman. We could just steal from Pardon the Interruption. Like, mail time.
1: Mail mail time. I'll All right, mail time. With the first question, we're gonna go to uh, Scoochie. Uh, hopefully, I said your name right. Uh, he asked, Who's going to be the undrafted free agent surprise similar to Grant Haley last season? I say, We'll just, should we, you just want to do the offensive guy because I'm not sure how deep of a dive you did to the defensive guys since you're just doing offensive guys today?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's just do offense because we haven't really looked at the defense too intently yet. Um, I, and just say the name because we'll talk about them when we get to that. But for me, it's, I gotta go with the obvious
1: one, Eric Dungey. Like that kid excites the crap out of me. Uh, yeah, Eric Dungey. I saw the tape you broke down on him. I, I, I was gonna say I brought you onto Eric Dungey because when I told you about, oh, you
0: it, definitely did.
1: You're like, ah, Eric Dungey. Yeah, uh, he's he's there. But now you're addicted to Eric Dungey. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with an obvious choice as well. Uh, Reggie White Jr. From what I saw in Mammoth, what he did with really a poor group of guys, he was quite impressive. The stats he put up at Mammoth. I have faith in Reggie White Jr. and he also decided to wear a very familiar wide receiver's number. By the way, of thirteen, in case you haven't heard of him, Odell Beckham Jr. wore that number.
0: Yeah, I love that decision by him. Like a long good yeah. minute man, but I, I loved it. We'll talk about that when we get to him,
1: though. Yeah. Uh, this question comes from James Betcher. Uh, we we, oh, the- we could
0: do the the blues. Did you ever? You probably were a little too young to do Blues Clues, right?
1: Uh, no, I, I, I had Blue's Clues. I remember that. I was around for that. Mail time.
0: I, I'll, I'll look up the mail time for that, and then I'll, we'll start doing that. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. I keep interrupting uh, you.
1: We, we got a question from the New York Giants uh, defensive coordinator at James Betch NYG, could the totally legit defensive coordinator. Uh, really? he, he asked, uh, your prediction to lead the team in sacks and interceptions this year?
0: Uh, why, don't, well, why don't we each do one? What do you want to do, sacks or interceptions?
1: I'll do interceptions.
0: Okay, perfect. All right, I'll do sacks. Now, who I want to be the leader? Lorenzo Carter, because he's a young guy. He had a decent year last year. And if he's our leading sack getter, that's a good thing. Um, You know, if he can get 10-plus, like, that'd be amazing. So I think the easy bet would be Lorenzo Carter, um, because I I think they're going to use him a lot more than they use a guy like Marcus Golden. And now this would be, I think, not a horrible bet, but... This is worst-case scenario for sack leader would be B.J. Hill. because that mean, like, yeah, he'd get a lot of sacks for a defense tackle, like maybe six or seven? But if our leading sack getter is six or seven, that's not good. So I'm going to go Lorenzo
1: Carter. I I like that call. And for interceptions, I'm going to go out. I'm going to say Janoris Jenkins has a great year. I'm going to say Janoris Jenkins leads the team in interceptions. That's a bold prediction right there. You. Uh, next question comes from at Giants uh, Carb Crush uh, he asked can we touch up on any free agents as of Tuesday We will not, a compensation pick will not be taken away from the team so he said like names like Shane Ray or Ziggy Anza could they be on the Giants radar uh, I'm going to say a player that for some reason has been really talking about the Giants or at least a team in the NFC East the Cowboys that Dominic and Sue can't forget yes it was on April Fool's Day but he, he had a video of him by Medlife Stadium, and then on draft night, or at least draft week, he took a picture of himself in, like, one of those fake Giant pads the number one. So, I mean, he's he's teasing the Giants. I don't think he'll be a Giant, but he's teasing them. Shane Ray could be an option. I don't see Ziggy Onza being an option for us. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I don't see Ziggy Onza, one, because of the injury things, and I just don't know how he'd fit in with us. Uh, and I think he'd be a little more expensive. Shane Ray intrigues me because, like, he was supposed to be a top – you know, draft pick, and then all the, the weed uh, stuff happens. And and Denver, like, in 2016, he had a really good year. He had, like, 80 tackles, I think, with, like, eight or nine sacks, maybe even a little more. I can't remember exactly. I was looking at pro football reference earlier, um, checking that out. So, yeah, Shane Ray is an intriguing one. Like you said, Sue, like, that would be really cool, but I just don't think we have the cap space for him. And we're already clogged up at defensive tackle anyways with, with Hill, Lawrence, and
1: uh dalvin thompson yeah as you said stay off the weed shane ray Stephen a smith that is a legendary <laughs> line one of my favorites <laughs> ever uh from johnny jeep four he said i am anxious to see the linebackers slash defensive linemen we drafted and the, and the ones we did a draft they each bring a skill set that we haven't seen in a while guys like exhibitors conley joshua Tua, Shia, etc. I believe these guys are going to be starters this season. How about you, Bobby? I'll send it to you first. Now,
0: Josiah Tua, Shia, the guy out of Texas, San Antonio. I haven't watched him, but everyone's been like, "Gotta go check him out." So, like when we go defense, like he's going to be the first guy to check out because everyone's been saying it. Ryan Connolly, I watched a few of his games over the weekend, and I like him. Now, there's sometimes where he's a little too hesitant, but you know, sometimes you like he was playing against like, with a good linebacker too, but. I, I thought I thought it was one of my best analogies of all time where I said there's like five or six plays in each game where he just gets low. And he, I said he was running like a nerd with a too heavy backpack and he just goes full speed and then always causes chaos on the offense. He's decent in coverage. Uh, and this shows how like I have no life. that He was I bit of a play against Michigan where he had man coverage uh, with a running back on the outside and he runs a go road and he stays with them. And it wasn't like he just completely bailed like, you know, they got you know ten yards into the route, and he like broke down on him, and then turned turned his hips and went with him. They were like, uh, "Oh, it's a good if it's a good throw." That play goes for a touchdown, and I was like, "Actually, when they both look back from they look for, they 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 spot the ball, and then they look back, and they are still literally glued together, and then they separate, and the ball lands right in front of Connolly, and the the running back runs to the left, so." Like, that was just them veering off because they knew they weren't getting the ball. So, that's how I have no life. I found I found the still shots of that. So, Conley, I like. O'Shane, Ximenez, I think we all expect him to get on the field early and often. So, yeah, that, that's what I got on those guys.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think we said this. We don't believe O'Shane Ximenez is going to be started right away. He's probably going to start in the third down position. But he'll easily work his way up into the roster for a higher position. Uh, Conley, as I said, I, I like him. But he uh, not he's not a world beater. And uh, I like the defensive guys we drafted, even those undrafted guys. i because I watch that Tua Shia guy as well, because I see people raving on him. It the Giants drafted not the biggest name players, but they drafted interesting players. That's why I like them. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and I was thinking of something because
0: you know how like with backup tight ends, you can just say they're a good blocker and no one really questions you with you. Yeah. What else I noticed is when you get a guy like the fourth round on, he's like, oh, guys be great on special teams, and no one ever really questions you about that, just just something I kind of thought of so, Ryan Connolly, great on special teams, C.J. Conrad, great blocker, so Yeah, no one's, right. ever, no, no one's gonna question us on that
1: alright, I believe this is the last question, it comes from Coach T-O-B-C-M-Y-C this is an interesting question even though I believe Daniel Jones is the right pick for the Giants moving forward at QB, but do you believe Haskins and his brand and overbearing father had something to do with being ruled out by the Giants uh, I'll take this one first. Uh, it could it could be because the Giants clearly had to see the likes of Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball. I think that's an extreme case, but still, he, that's an example. And we can't forget a uh, good old Annie Apple. She was a little foreign in the side of John Mara and his team. Complaint going on ESPN with that mom segment that they had going. She would call out the Giants for not starting her son. She just being just being a mother, but obviously that was probably be, had to be annoying for the Giants. So I don't think it had an effect. But they probably took that into consideration, or at least talked to him, like, yo, if we draft your son, don't don't be, like, annoying to us, all right? Yeah. Um,
0: speaking of Eli Apple, when his his, uh, his fifth-year option got to line by the Saints, which will make him a free agent next year. So I saw a few people, like, giving takes on Eli Apple. So I was just like, hey, are we doing Eli Apple hot takes? Let me hear your best. And y'all rude. That's all I'm going to say. Y'all real freaking rude. Um I don't think it's why. I don't think it like it made them rule Haskins out. I definitely think it was talked about with, within the organization. But at the end of the day, I think they just believed in Jones uh, much more than they did Haskins, uh, and that's why they made the pick. But like you talk about everything, so it was definitely talked about uh, with the higher ups in the Giants.
1: Uh, yep, and I, yep, that's all the questions we got for today's. Well, mail you forgot part. one question. Oh, on I day. did. Uh, actually, now that you said it, I see it from Farrington Shad. Uh, he asked us a very interesting question. He asked us to send a link to the podcast.
0: All right. Well, I, I'm going to send him the link to the podcast, and he better freaking listen. And he better leave a rating and review, buddy. All right. Anyways, and then there was one Is like, is there going to be subtitles? Like, I have dude, subtitles. My guy, like, that's not what podcasts are. <laughs> um, so, yeah. If you're deaf, you, hey, l- listen, no disrespect to any of our deaf listeners, but we just don't have that.
1: Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's born Daniel Jones as well. That's his uh, Twitter handle, so there's (laughs) that. that. that,
0: Yeah, all right. Let's go into the offensive free agents, but before that, a quick ad. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's look at some of the offensive free agents. And we gotta start at the top. A guy who I apologize to you, Danny, for, for dismissing on the last show. Eric Dungey, the quarterback out of Syracuse. I'm in love with this guy. We better try him out and use him as a taste of Hill Roll. Because he's just electrifying. Like he's just freaking kicking Miami players down. He's the guy just has no regard for his own life. Like he just pits himself on the line all the time. He runs around like Tim Tebow. Um, he does jump passes. We have to use this guy in a Taysom Hill role. Pat Shermer, I know you're not the the most exciting guy, but like you have to at least try this out. Like there, there's no excuse for us to not try this out. There's no excuse to bring Alex Tanney in instead of Eric Dungey. Um, and you can have that third emergency quarterback dressed out and be using him as a you know using him on special teams and just using him in different roles. I I'm so I love Eric Dungey like. He, he, I cannot wait to see him on a Sunday out there doing read option. Like, can you, uh, and then that, like, and, like once Jones get in, like, yeah, Jones can run it. But um, like, you put Dungy in there, let him run the read option, and that takes off from the you know the beating that Jones would have to take trying to do that read option stuff. So, I I love Eric Dungy so much.
1: No, you're right. Uh, obviously, I was able to watch some of his games because I live up here in New York, and Syracuse games were usually on. We were able to watch, but yeah, the guy's a physical football player, and I, the Taysom Hill comparison—it's like that's deadly accurate. And I feel like Pat Sherba would like to have someone like that because he proves he likes to change it up a bit. When he had Odell for those two passes—one to Saquon, that one to Shepherd—and as you posted, they they use Kyle Loletta out there randomly in one game as a run blocker. So I can easily see them using uh, Taysom Hill. I think we have Taysom Hill on our team. Eric Dungy in that same role because he's a physical guy. And as you said, he could easily, like, if you want to, like, give Eli a break every once in a while because you don't have to throw in Jones because you could use him as a secret weapon, Dungy easily can get it done. He has some good stats. Yes, he has some poor games but once again what quarterback doesn't in the west virginia game he was 21 for 30 with a 70 percent completion percentage with one touchdown two interceptions probably not the best example to use uh but he's a quality player and a, a pickup what i saw i was like that's an interesting pickup but a pickup that i liked by the Giants.
0: yeah and he's not like accurate like he does have some accuracy problems but we're not asking him to be our starting quarterback we're asking him to be a gadget guy and like and like you said with the Kyle Oletta, like I was seriously wondering, I was like man, would Pat Sherer be willing to, you know, throw in a wrinkle? Because I get that there is some coaches like I'm not taking my starting QB off the field, or taking him out of a play, like like you know, and people would criticize Sean Payton for like you're taking like you're taking big plays and, and not letting Drew Brees be involved, um, and it's just kind of funny. Like with with Khalil they pit him at the the left, the X water receiver, the left, the wide receiver, on the left side of the field, and they run a toss to the right. So they're thinking like here's a distraction that's gonna have. Um, that is going to have no bearing on the play because it's a toss to right. And then Saquon reverses it, and Kyle Letters is the lead blocker. And I bet Pat was like, son of a gun. Like, <laughs> just run to the right, Saquon. Um, but, nonetheless, like, really good play. All right. Uh, who do you got next, Danny?
1: I have to go with uh, the one a lot of people are a fan of, Reggie White Jr. out of Monmouth University. And when I first plugged in uh, uh, Reggie White highlights, I didn't get much. But then once I saw what he brought to the team, he he was a dominant force for Mammoth. And I, let, me, let me make this clear. He was not in the best of places. Mammoth University, it's in New Jersey, for some of you, in case you don't know where that is. And uh, he put up some incredible stats in that game. In just multiple games, trying to pull it up right now, but it's not working. Here we go. Let's look at one uh, against Eastern Michigan. Eight receptions, 77 yards, no touchdowns, but still an impressive game nonetheless. Look at this game against Hampton. Five receptions, 145 yards, and just a dominant player. No touchdowns again, that he couldn't get touchdowns in those games. Against Presbyterian, six receptions, 117 yards, two touchdowns, and with a longest of 40 yards. Reg- Reggie White Jr is a force and I'm not saying he's Victor Cruz but he can be the next Victor Cruz an undrafted free agent out of a small school he can fill in that role perfectly and become a sleeper for the Giants yes as you said our wide receiver room's quite full right now but they can make room for Reggie White Jr. as long as he is a force to be reckoned with out there well do you have his
0: height in front of you
1: Yes, I do. It is six foot three, 210 pounds.
0: Dude, he looks so much bigger than everyone on the Monument.
1: Like, yeah. He makes
0: everyone look tiny. And he like, he doesn't look like the fastest guy, but like he runs really good outbreaking routes on the little bit I watched on him. And like you said, when you type in Reggie White, uh, all it comes up is the pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, oh, yeah, let me put the junior in. So, yeah, uh, he's definitely a guy who I can see making the practice squad. And then, you know, injuries happen at receiver, I like guess, inevitable. And, you know, maybe getting a little bit of playing time. I mean, we see it every year where, you know, we got Benny Fowler getting reps. Um, So, yeah, Reggie White Jr. The Next guy I got is uh, a center out of the University of Buffalo, James O'Hagan. Uh, I like this guy a lot. He's very smart. Like, he's very patient in his pass sets, and I'm, like, doing it in my, like, I'm actually, like, holding my hands up like a pass set right now. <laughs> um, like, you know, no one can watch me. But, hey, we don't have subtitles either, so. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, James O'Hagan. He's really good in his pass sets. Like he's very patient, and like the one of the biggest parts about being a center, especially more so in college, the NFL. You know, it's the QB that's doing the protections the majority of the time. But like he, he always has his guys like in the right places, blocking the right guys, and like he doesn't lean into guys, which a lot of centers do, and then they get dumped. Um, he, he just, he, you know, he stays back. He's got his hips low, and he just plays like really good in pass pro. Now. He does leave a little bit to be desired in the run game. He doesn't really have, like, that main streak. But, um, you know, like, I, like we said before, we don't have any really world beaters at center. Um, you know, John Jalapio is who we uh, – Jalapio, Jalapio, Tomato Tomano, And who we <laughs> expect to start as center? But I, I don't think either of, one of us are in love with Spencer Pulley. So, yeah, I, I could see this guy maybe getting a chance to, you know, be the backup center.
1: No oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh Backup Center. Uh, I think they'll probably roll with Pulley. Obviously I, I would say I could be hundred percent wrong. I have no problems with Pulley, but as you said, I'm not like over the moon about Pulley uh, chanting for him to be our week one start at center. Uh Jazo Haggard, is that how you say it again? O-Haggard? Oh Haggard. Yeah, he, he'll be a quality depth piece. And as you said, he's not a terrible center. He can get the job done. And by some miracle, lift Because, I mean, we paid Spencer Pulley a whole lot of money. So, I mean, maybe if the Giants view Ohagad at the guy, they could get Pulley off the books. I mean, I'm not sure how much it would cost them. But maybe they'll do that because he, he could be a solid death piece. And that's why I think uh, he's a solid pickup. But once again, he won't be starting week one. He probably won't start this season. But he's just a good pickup in uh, the undrafted market. Yeah,
0: who do you who do
1: you got next? I got Paul Adams out of uh, Missouri. Uh, he's six foot six. Uh, he has good hand strength. Uh, so, something I read up uh, people say uh, his size of traits uh, will allow him to play guard if necessary, but he's a right tackle at heart. Uh, some bad things about him. He's not good against the bull rush, so like he he easily can just get pushed back easily, like what Oshane Ximenez did to that poor uh, East Carolina tackle. Uh, he allowed too much pressure and pass protection, uh, and he struggled really badly in the Georgia game. But something I also read about him, he has good punch attack that uh, he's just able to get a good punch in on the guy. I guess. I mean, what does the punch mean exactly, Bobby? That's something I need to understand right now.
0: All right. So when you're when a guy's rushing into you. And he's trying to get his hands on you. You either punch him on the chest, punch him in the chest to kind of you know get him off his game, and then trying to swipe his hands. Or in the run block, it's that initial like it's that initial getting your hands on a guy, like bam. And I keep on doing like the offensive lineman keeps on doing like I'm doing it right now. Um, It's just getting your hands into a guy's chest, and then uh, you know that's that initial punch. And then you got to keep you know moving him. But that initial punch is like the most important part of it. Um, Yeah, I like Paul Adams. Uh, He's like he said, he's got good size, and yeah, he could definitely play guard. Um, once he get, like you said, once he gets his hands on you, it's pretty much done. Like I, love, he's got a little of nasty streak in the run game, and he loves to get to the second level, and and pass. Like a lot of times, he opens up his hips, but it doesn't always burn him. Now that being said, like in the NFL, like you you got to be more technical than that. But listen, Chad Wheeler, starting right tackle, an undrafted free agent, so there's no reason Paul Adams couldn't get a chance. And looking at like I, I like Paul Adams, I like like. He's just a guy who looks good out there. So I like Paul Adams. Uh, the next guy I got is CJ Conrad tight end out of Kentucky. Now I feel like I've been on this train and I think a lot of people are, I would not mind seeing red Ellison get cut. I think his job is very replaceable with Scott Simonson, you know, being pretty decent and him being brought back. CJ Conrad could be in that role. Um, He's just he, he blocked a lot and he's really good at blocking and I'm not just saying that because no one questions you know a white tight end if they're a good blocker or not but he has good hands like he made like, a, like I was watching Big George's film and he had an amazing catch against Mississippi State like Kentucky's quarterback is so bad like he's infuriatingly bad but <laughs> he just he makes an amazing throw or amazing pass on a horrible th- or amazing catch on a horrible throw. Um, he like, and he's a tight end that could block at the second level you don't see that a lot. And now there is sometimes where like he gets like just banged up like like he'll like that initial punch will put on him and he'll just get knocked off his balance. I don't know if it's just he's not strong or what, but there is a few times where it's like it looks like he's getting like pushed around like a little kid. But like as far as getting to the block and getting like the right angle, he's good at that.
1: Uh, no, yeah, you agree. I agree with the whole Red Ellison thing. His job is most likely on the line because he's got to prove something. Yes, he was good for when the, for when uh, we didn't know what Scott Simonson had, but then once we gave Scott Simonson the opportunity, he proved he could be just as good, if not better, than Red Ellison. And he, we're paying him much less than Red Ellison, so you could easily cut the ties there. And Evan Ingram was obviously our started tight end this year. You could put Scott Simonson there. And then you could put CJ Conrad there because they, they could teach him stuff that uh, I think he's a they could easily work around him and make him a quality player. Uh, he's going to earn his opportunity to fight to join the 53 man roster. Maybe he'll be a practice squad guy. But from, yeah, from like literally like maybe the one, play, a few plays I saw of him, uh, he, his strength really seems to be any, the issue. He needs to bulk up a little bit.
0: Yeah. All right. So I think we got two more guys. Uh, John Hilleman, the running back out of Rutgers, although he played the majority of his career at Boston College before transferring to Rutgers. He doesn't break any tackles. He's a kind of shifty. He had kind of like He's like, he'll get long runs, but he just doesn't look fast. And with, you know, Wayne Gallman, I think Paul Perkins is back even. And, you know, I'm a believer in Rob Martin, who was also out of Rutgers. I, I don't see this guy making even the practice squad. I, I just, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't really like this guy at all. At Boston College, he, you know, he would average like 3.8 yards per carry for a whole season with over 100 carries. Um, he was a little bit better at last year at Rutgers, but, uh, I hate I hate to say it, but I'm just I'm just not with this guy at all.
1: Uh, yeah, it does sound like he's the best of things. Uh, now you got me looking to see if Paul Perkins is still on this roster. He is, so that's quite shocking. to man I didn't even realize he's still here. But as I said I feel like our running back situation is quite set with uh Saquon, obviously Wayne Gallman, uh, Rob Martin. He's the quality third guy, and you got Elijah Penny in there. You could throw in there every once in a while. Yeah. Um. Did you look up Alex Wesley at all? Uh, I looked him up. I couldn't find anything on him from my yeah, research. Maybe there's I didn't little look there,
0: Yeah, there's a little highlight tape, but, I mean, just nothing really impressive.
1: What I noticed
0: in his highlight tape was, um, like, dude, like, these defenses that you're playing, get suck. Like, the guy had just, like, an easy interception, and he just sits there and, like, waits for it to come into his bread basket, and Alex Wesley just, like, goes up and catches it. Like, it's just really bad. Um, that was a kid out of Northern Colorado. All right, so I gotta go. I'm running late, Danny, so that's it. That's a show. Leave us a rating and review. We only got one last time. Come on, guys.
1: Help us out. You're better than that.
0: Come on. You are better than that. I know we have 12 right now. And I know for a fact that we have more than 12 listeners. In fact, we have way more than that. We have the most in the world. Yes. Nope. We have about 2 million. uh, Okay, so we have like 2 million downloads per episode and only 12 reviews. That's not good, guys. We got to get that ratio up. Anyways, that's it. Give us a follow. Show us some love write a review. That's Talking Giants. Let's go big blue.